Good morning. A really warm welcome to you all. It's good to see folk coming in, and uh, I think they're still coming in at the front, but uh, we're going to start anyway. Are you feeling encouraged? Yeah, maybe. Are you feeling like you've got lots of energy? You do. Wonderful. Someone does. When we come to worship God, it's not just a mind exercise. It's giving to God our very selves. Sometimes we come to God and we just want to go through the process to go home and think, well, I've done my worship. But you know what? God wants our very best. And I want to ask you this morning, have you come with your very best for God? Your very, very best. Have you come thinking, I hope I can just relax and sit? Or have you come to really give to God? As we come to worship today, let's come and give God our absolute best. I want to share a verse of scripture with you this morning. I want to encourage you. I want you to hear this. I also want you to believe this. This is God's word, isn't it? This is God's word. And it's God's word to us. And in the book of Zephaniah, which is towards the end of the Old Testament, in chapter 3 and verse 17, it says these words. Are you ready to hear them? The Lord, your God, is with you. The mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you. His love will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. Maybe you feel that God's got a downer on you. Or maybe you feel ashamed coming into God's presence for whatever reason. Maybe you feel you're not bringing your best. Well, let it begin this time. You hear these words. God delights in you. The warrior who saves you is here. He will not rebuke you. But he will rejoice over you with singing. Isn't that worth coming to church just to hear those words this morning? Just to hear God delights in you. And so as we come to worship him this morning, we bring our best to the King of Kings. Let's stand and proclaim him as our holy God. Holy, holy, holy Lord God Almighty.
come in worship before you today. We thank you that you are here. We thank you you delight in us. We thank you that you have saved us. We thank you that you sing love songs over us. Today, Lord, we rejoice in your very presence with us. Maybe one or two want to shout thank you to God. And just keep it short, but shout your thank yous to God this morning. God is good. And we're going to praise him as God, as they did in the Old Testament. You know, when in the Old Testament they started praising God, they actually started to get involved. Now, I'm not a man of rhythm. <laughs> There's no need to agree quite so much. In fact, more people said amen than any sermon I've preached this year then. <laughs> but we have new to our church. We've got some of these. Any of the children want to come and worship God by singing and waving these? Hannah's the first child. Come on down as we sing. These are the days of Elijah. Hold on to the music. Some people were just starting to wake up towards the end of that. We're giving to God our whole self. We've got our, we've got our ribbons here. Shall we up the ribbons to flags? And let's worship God as we sing that again. Hold on a minute. We can do anything around here. Flags lying around. We can have some adults dancing, waving them. Hannah's breaking them. That's fine. We'll sort them out later. As we sing again, these are the days of Elijah. Let's enjoy worshiping God. Lord, we thank you. That salvation comes from Jesus Christ. And Lord, as we're entering this time of Easter, we thank you for what Jesus did for us upon that cross. We thank you that Jesus came and brought us joy. And joy in all its fullness. We thank you, Lord, we can worship you. We can worship you with our voice. We can worship you with our arms. We can worship you with flags and waving and dancing because, Lord, you just delight not only to hear our words but to hear our heartbeat for you. Lord, may we give you joy this day. Amen. 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 Please do go and sit down. If you could just drop the stuff where you are, that's fine. It will remind us that we've had flags and that. It doesn't matter if it's not tidy. We can sort that out later.
Thank you very much. Oh. <laughs> and at this point, I think Haley's going to come and bring some kind of sensible. Um, first of all, if you are attending the youth social after the Sunday morning service, it's for those in year 10 upwards. We are heading off to Cosmo for lunch. Please could you meet me and Hannah in here after the morning service so that we can all walk down together. If you're wanting to take part in the holiday at home, it's this Thursday and today is the last day to sign up. So if you haven't signed up yet, it's for those over the age of 65, please do speak to Vicky um, on your way out. She'd love to um, take your name. This Wednesday is the um, last session of the online series um, Be Still. If you've not joined yet, please do join us, even for the final session. Um, it's a great opportunity to join in on Zoom and get to chat to other people you might not normally chat to. We would like to, um, after Easter, resume um, life groups again in person, as alternatively being online. It would be every other week. Um, at the moment, we've only got two um, locations and we've only got one volunteer to be a leader, so we do need some more. So if you are either interested in volunteering your home or you're interested in leading a group, please do speak to Ian and he'll be able to give you some more information. Thank you. Thank you very much, Hayley. And thank you to all those who continue to support the church through the offerings, whether you put it in the boxes as you arrive, you use the card machine to give directly, go through the banks, or whatever way, or on the website was the other one. I knew there was another one I was meant to mention on the website. Thank you for the way you continue to support Romford Baptist Church at this time. Let's just pray. Lord, we thank you that you are a God who provides for us. You give to us. And Lord, on this day, we give you back in our worship and also in our giving, our financial giving. And Lord, we pray that all these things will be used to make a difference for your world. Lord, take our lives, take our money and take all that we pray and use it for your glory. Amen. We're going to sing another song. This is becoming a church favourite. That gospel song, What Gift of Grace is Jesus My Redeemer. I'll give you a plug for that tonight in our service. We'll be looking at the third verse of it. And where in the Bible does it mention these thoughts? Yet not I, but Christ through me. Let's stand as we worship through this song. Working in us. Lord, I'm reminded of that verse. He who began a good work in us will complete it in the day of Christ Jesus. And Lord, we pray you will continue to work in us. And Lord, now we particularly pray you'll continue to work in our children, young people, as in the moment they go to their groups. Lord, we pray you will bless them and they will be excited about Jesus. And Lord, that your hand will be upon them. Lord, we love having the children and young people in this church. We thank you for them. And Lord, now we pray you will bless them in whatever they do. Amen. Amen. Please just sit down. And if the children and young people want to go to the groups, follow Hannah. And she will help you to find the place for your age group.
If also those serving communion would like to come forward, that would be helpful. Thank you. Still, they keep coming. Here comes the youngest. <laughs> the youth of today, eh? <laughs> he could kill himself. <laughs> it's great as a church, we come around the Lord's table. This is the communion part of the service. Anyone who loves the Lord Jesus Christ is welcome to take bread and the cup. It's not a requirement that you have been in the church for 20 years or 20 minutes. The question we will ask you as we come to take bread and wine is, do you love Jesus? Do you love Jesus? And maybe as we come to take bread in a moment, we want to ask ourselves that question. Do we love our Lord? Jesus doesn't don't say, are you good enough? Because he's made you good enough through his forgiveness. So being good enough is not a question. The question is, do you love Jesus? And so as we just prepare, with all the noise just gone for a moment, ignore that which is travelling down the side of the building or outside the front. Ask yourself, where am I in my relationship with the Lord today? Do I feel able to take this cup? bread today. Let's be quiet for a moment. He's going to bring us a prayer of thanksgiving. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Father, we praise you together now. We praise you in groups of friends, as families, and we even praise you when we're alone. I thank you that no matter where we are or who we are with, we can talk to you. We thank you for this time of communion and for what these symbols represent. And as we draw nearer to Easter, may the realness of what these symbols actually mean become more prominent in our minds and for what you did for us. Amen.
Paul writing to the Corinthian church. They were rabble, you know, that Corinthian church. They kept getting it wrong. And chaos ensued. But God loved them. God loved them so much that God's apostle Paul wrote to them twice. And when he was writing about communion, he had to sort of say, come on, calm down. This is a holy space. A holy space where we meet with our Saviour. And he writes, For I receive from the Lord the teaching that I now pass on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, broken for you. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup. And he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat the bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. Anyone who loves the Lord Jesus Christ is welcome to take bread and the cup this morning. And the bread will come round, and if you could just take a piece as it comes round, and eat it as you receive it. When the cup comes round, if you could hold on to the cup until everyone has been served, and then we'll drink together. See... Jesus came and died for us as individuals in our faith, in our relationship with him, as individuals. But he also called us to be a family of his people together. A family of God's people. And so when we drink the cup, we proclaim our relationship as a fellowship with one another and with him. The body of Christ was broken for you. It's going round. Um, there'll be some music playing. If you're watching this at home and on the stream, please feel free to get something for you to join in this part of the service while the music's playing. Jesus paid it all. He hasn't just put a deposit down 
and you've got to find the rest. He hasn't just done part of the job. Jesus paid it all for your forgiveness, for your relationship with Jesus. And in the words of that Easter song, there was no other good enough to pay the price of sin. He only could unlock the gates of heaven and let us in. Let's drink and be thankful. And Father, we thank you for feeding us with the bread and wine, symbols of the body and blood of Christ. Father, we thank you that you love us. You have not condemned us, but you have rescued us. We thank you, Lord, that you now sing songs of love over us. In Jesus' name, amen. JJ is going to bring our prayers of intercession. Let us pray. Our God and our Father, we want to thank you this morning because you are a faithful God. You are a compassionate God. A Father that blesses us, his children in every which way possible. We thank you, O God, as we come before you, bringing before you our prayers and our supplications with thanksgiving. We ask in the name of Jesus that you would kindly look upon us with your eyes of mercy. Bless us, O God, in our going out and our coming in. We commit our brothers and sisters who are currently um, bereaved of loved ones. We lay them before you, O God. Father, Lord, we cast our cares upon you, for you care for us. We ask that you will be the balm of Gilead and you will soothe them where it hurts. We pray that you will comfort them in this moment, O oh God. We pray, Lord, O oh God, for every need that is represented in our church this morning, as well as our other brothers and sisters far and near. We lay them before you, Father, Lord. We pray that you are the able God that does exceedingly abundantly above everything we may hope or think of. So, for, Father, we trust in you that you are able to sort out every need in this place today, O oh God. We ask in the name of Jesus that you would also speak to the hearts of those who are deciding upon what would happen in the world that is current at the moment, that you would touch them, O oh God, that their hearts would not be hardened towards your word, that they will listen to you and bring resolution to the world in Jesus' name. We pray, Lord, O oh God, that however small or big our concerns are, that you are capable of sorting them out. And we ask that you will do just that, for you are faithful and you will do it. Our trust is in you. Some put their trust in chariots, others in horses, but our trust is in you. And we know that you will never leave us nor forsake us. So Lord, we pray that you will continue to reassure us in our spirits that it is well, it is well, and it is well. We thank you, O Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. It's always a privilege and a pleasure when we join around the Lord's table to welcome uh, new members. And JJ, can I ask you to introduce our new family to us? Good morning, church. Good morning. So, um, 
This morning we are blessed to have three beautiful people join our membership in this church. And if I could call them on Beauty Lawan, Jacqueline Rose, and our dear sister, Co um, Ethel Corante. Right, whilst they come in, can I use the opportunity, and I do apologize ahead of time, this is the most wonderful, wonderful experience we could have in the body of Christ, becoming a member in a church. If you have any questions, please do speak to me afterwards about becoming a member of this church. Uh, it's a wonderful experience to be part of, so here we are. So Jackie, on behalf of Romford Baptist Church, I welcome you with the right hand of fellowship to Romford Baptist Church. Beauty, I do the same to you. Welcome. It's lovely to have you with us. Ethel, welcome. It's lovely to have you with us. I'm going to pray now for each one of us. Jack, do you want to do that one first? Lovely, thank you. Let us pray. Loving Heavenly Father, we thank you that you created each one of us. You've called us into being and we thank you for bringing Jackie and Beauty and Ethel to us this day. Lord, we thank you that they felt that they want to become a deeper and closer member here at Romford Baptist Church, that they're willing to serve and to give and to offer themselves to you and to uh, all that uh, goes on here within the ministry of Romford Baptist Church. And so, Lord, we pray a blessing upon them. We pray that, Lord, you may uh, just pour out your love on them as they serve you here and in their own way, wherever they may be. Lord God, we thank you for them. Bless them, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you very much, Vicky and JJ, and to our new members of our family. It's always exciting as a pastor of a church to see God bringing new folk in. And I always want to ask the question, for what purpose? You see, when somebody bring, comes to church, the church changes. I know people find that word very difficult in church, the word change. Because we don't like change, do we? Change is something that makes us feel unsettled. But change is happening all around us. And if you don't believe it, look at a picture of yourself 20 years ago. And now look at yourself today. You have changed. I looked in the mirror this morning and I didn't recognize the gray hairs on my head. <laughs> Time for a haircut, I reckon. Change is happening. And when God brings new people in, it brings new change. And I'm excited about that. And in a moment, we're going to hear the sermon from the last of our series on Daniel. And uh, Judy's going to bring it, Pastor Judy's going to bring that. And that's great because we're just going to come. So what is God going to say to us today? And at the beginning of the service, I talked about bringing our very best to God. And as we come to look at God's word, I want to ask you, are your hands, maybe not physically, but over your ears, so that you can't hear what God's saying? Or are our lives open for God to speak to us? 
Are we going to be attentive to what God might say? Or are we just hoping that sermon is long enough for us to get some shut-eye, have a quick kip, and move on with the rest of our day? Our next song introduced the theme of God's word being central. Holy words, long preserved. Ancient words, ever true. Changing me, changing you. And God wants to change us. May his words speak to us this morning. Good morning everyone. Our reading this morning is Daniel chapter 11 verses 1 to 33 and chapter 4 verses chapter 4 chapter 12 verses 1 to 4. And in the first year of Darius the Mede I took my stand to support and protect him. Now then I tell you the truth three more kings will arise in Persia and then a fourth who will be far richer than all the others. When he has gained power by his wealth, he will stir up everyone against the kingdom of Greece. Then a mighty king will arise who will rule with great power and do as he pleases. After he has arisen, his, in, his empire will be broken up and parcelled out towards the four winds of heaven. It will not go to his descendants, nor will it have the power he exercised, because his empire will be uprooted and given to others. The king of the south will become strong, but one of his commanders will become even stronger than he and will rule his own kingdom with great power. After some years, they will become allies. The daughter of the king of the south will go to the king of the north to make an alliance, but she will not retain her power and he and his power will not last. In those days, she will be betrayed together with her royal escort, her father, and the one who supported her. One from her family line will arise to take her place. He will attack the forces of the King of the North and enter his fortress. He will fight against them and be victorious. He will also seize their gods, their metal images and their valuable articles of silver and gold and carry them off to Egypt. For some years he will leave the King of the North alone and the king, king of the north will invade the realm of the king of the south, but will retreat to his own country. His sons will prepare for war and assemble a great army, which will sweep on like an irresistible flood and carry the battle as far as his fortress. Then the king of the south will march out in a rage and fight against the king of the north, who will raise a large army, but it will be defeated. When the army is carried off, the king of the south will be filled with pride and will slaughter many thousands. Yet he will not remain triumphant, for the king of the north will muster another army, larger than the first, and after several years he will advance with a huge army, fully equipped. In those times, many will rise against the king of the south. Those who are violent among your own people will rebel in fulfilment of vision, but without success. Then the king of the north will come and build up siege ramps and will capture a fortified city. The forces of the south will be powerless to resist, 
Even their best troops will not have the strength to stand. The invader will do as he pleases. No one will be able to stand against him. He will establish himself in the beautiful land and will have the power to destroy it. He will determine to come with the might of his entire kingdom and make an alliance with the king of the south. And he will give him a daughter in marriage in order to overthrow the kingdom. But his plans will not succeed or help him. Then he will turn his attention to the coastlands and will take many of them. But a commander will put an end to his insolence and will turn his insolence back on him. After this, he will turn back towards the fortresses of his own country, but will stumble and fall and be seen no more. His successor will send out a tax collector to maintain the royal splendour. In a few years, however, he will be destroyed, yet not in anger or in battle. He will be succeeded by a contemptible person who has not been given the honour of royalty. He will invade the kingdom with its when its people feel secure, and he will seize it through intrigue. Then an overwhelming army will be swept away before him. Both it and a prince of the covenant will be destroyed. After coming to an agreement with him, he will act deceitfully, and with only a few people he will rise to power. When the richest provinces feel secure, he will invade them and will achieve what neither his fathers nor forefathers did. He will distribute plunder, loot and wealth among his followers. He will plot the overthrow of fortresses, but only for a time. With a large army, he will stir up his strength and courage against the King of the South. The King of the South will wage war with a large and very powerful army, but he will not be able to stand because of the plots devised against him. Those who eat from the king's provision will try to destroy him. His army will be swept away and many will fall in battle. The two kings with their hearts bent on evil will sit at the same table and lie to each other but to no avail because an end will still come at the appointed time. The king of the north will return to his own country with great wealth but his heart will be set against the holy covenant. <coughs> He will take action against it and then return to his own country. At the appointed time, he will invade the south again, but this time the outcome will be different from what it was before. Ships of the western coastlands will oppose him and he will lose heart. Then he will turn back and vent his fury against the Holy Covenant. He will return and show favour to those who forsake the Holy Covenant. His armed forces will rise up to desecrate the temple fortress and will abolish the daily sacrifice. Then they will set up the abomination that causes desolation. With flattery, he will corrupt those who have violated the covenant. But the people who know their God will firmly resist him. Those who are wise will instruct many, though for a time they will fall by the sword or be burned or captured or plundered. And then moving on to Daniel 12. At that time, Michael, the great prince who protects your people, will arise. There will be a time of distress such as has not happened from the beginning of nations until then. But at that time, your people, everyone whose name is found written in the book, will be delivered. Multitudes who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake, some to everlasting life, 
others to shame and everlasting contempt. Those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the heavens, and those who lead many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. But you, Daniel, roll up and seal the words of the scroll until the time of the end. Many will go here and there to increase knowledge. May God bless his words to us today. Amen. <clears throat> Thank you so much, Christian. And so today, our journey to the book of Daniel will be rounded off. In case this is your first time of listening and you were not there when Pastor Ian started the message, I'll just give you an overview which he gave when he started the message. And I've given it an acronym, BSF, which is the summary of the entire book of Daniel. B stands for be rooted in God. The S stands for stand up for your faith. And the F focusing on Christ as you look into the future. I'm sure we have learned so many things in this book of Daniel. I have learned a lot. So today as we look into chapters 11 and 12, let's see what the Lord has in stock for us. From chapter 10, Daniel was given a vision. And so I will say, it's like a drama being played out in that vision. You have tussles between kingdoms. Kingdom of the north, made up of Greece and Persia, and kingdom of the south, made up of Egypt and some of Syria. And in between is Judah. And as we started from chapter 1, you will see that the king of Judah was attacked. And so, all of them are in captivity. They, are in cap they, they, they became captives in Babylon. So the tussle between the kingdom of the north and the kingdom of the south, you have Judah in between, and so they are, they are, it impacts a lot on Judah in that vision. You will see, it's not just today that they started to sign bilateral agreement between countries. It is there in the scriptures. Because they want to secure their kingdom. They even went as far as giving off their daughters in marriage to the other king. Just to be sure that, yes, they do not come to invade their country. But one thing, which is the first key point, is in verse 14. 
Before verse 14, what happened was King Antiochus, the kingdom, who is the kingdom of the north, attacked the kingdom of the south, and their king was a minor, a child. And so when a child rules, you will see that what can he, what decisions can a child take? So we have lots of elders that rule on his behalf, something like a committee, something like that. Judah now felt these people ruling us. The remnants left in Judah are now being oppressed by these proxy rulers. And so in verse 14, the scripture tells us, I'll read, Daniel 11, 14. Now in those times, many shall rise up against the king of the south. Also violent men of your people shall exhort themselves in fulfillment of the vision, but they shall fail. Judah had the vision that they would be liberated. Why should they be oppressed? Why should they be under oppression? They needed someone to liberate them. And so when Antiochus, king of the north, came to attack the king of the south, they joined in. Because they felt, oh, if you are able to join the king of the north to attack our oppressors, yes, we will be free. But the scripture said they failed. Why? Because this Antiochus thought came back to attack them. They tried to force the vision of God to come to fruition. God has given us promises. God has given us visions. How many times do we run ahead of God? How many times do we run ahead of God? Why? Because we believe God is slow. This vision God has given us, when is it going to come to pass? But yet we have forgotten that the vision is yet for an appointed time. You see, church, nothing shakes our faith like nothing. Nothing shakes our faith like nothing. And what do I mean by that? You have the promise. You have the vision. You keep praying. You keep fasting. And to you, it's like nothing is happening. And it becomes more difficult when voices begin to come. Like the voice of Sarah. 
coming to Abraham. God has promised us a son. And look, I'm old now. Maybe the son will come from our maidservant. Again, God was too slow. Can we help God? Or like that of Uzzah, when the ark of God was about to fall. And he said, no. And he was struck dead. How many times do we often want to help God? Because we feel God is too slow. King David many times says, wait, I say, wait upon the Lord. Be of good courage. In another chapter, he says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. God wants to be exalted in that situation. In that crisis, but you've got to wait. Isaiah 40, the last verse, it says, They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall walk and never be weary. They shall run and never be tired. Brothers and sisters, Do not run ahead of God. Wait. Do not force the vision to fruition. Wait. I love Psalm 40 very much. He said, I waited patiently. I waited patiently upon the Lord and he delivered me. He took me out of the pit. And out of the mighty clay. And he set my foot. Upon the solid rock. Wait. Brother. Wait sister. Patient. Which again is translated as long suffering. Is one of the fruits. Of the Holy Spirit. Wait upon the Lord. And as we go to verse 30. What then do we see again? The successor. Antiochus 3. Attacked king of the south. And he won. Because he was joined by Judah. Now you have. In verse 30. Antiochus 4 now attempted again to attack the king of the south. But this time around, with the help of the western coastlands, it did not succeed. And because it could not succeed, what then did he do? He came back to attack the people of the covenant. And who are the people of the covenant? The people, the children of Abraham. 
He attacked their land. He attacked the people. And he did not stop there. His army desecrated the temple. He brought out several policies that favor those who jettison the covenant. Don't we have it today? Russia has now invaded Ukraine. WTO is saying already that there may be shortage of food if this war doesn't end very quickly. Wheat and all those good produce which we get from Russia, we get from Ukraine. Some of them are ready for harvest, but because of the war, nothing could be done. So you could see, if an enemy attacks the land, it attacks your means of livelihood. He attacks the people. He switched on them. He desecrated the temple. Let's bring it all. Don't we have various policies of the government now that is mainly against the covenant of God, the children of the covenant? And if you want to stand up for your faith, they will say, are you the only Christian? Look at him. He's also a Christian. Or he's even a bishop. And he's compromising. So why? Why? They desecrated the temple. The temple is... Where is the temple now? The scripture says, your body is the temple of God. How do we desecrate the temple? Sexual immoralities. How do we desecrate the temple? God made me a man, and a man I will be till I return to him. I'm sure you understand what I meant. But the scripture in verse 32 says, not everybody, not everybody yielded. The scripture says, they that know their God resisted him. And who are those that know their God? These are the ones that are rooted in prayer. These are the ones that are rooted in the word of God. As Joshua 1 verse 8 says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate hearing day and night. They understand the word of God. They are rooted. See, 
we say standing up for your faith, it will only come when there is storm. If everything is easy, easy then, but when there is storm, that's when we know who really is a Christian. Like the Jews, the three Jews, they said, even if this God does not save us, we will not bow down to your image. If storm arises today, will you be able to stand? Will you be able to stand for your faith? Will I be able to stand for my faith? And then we have chapter 12, which is another scene of the vision. And what did Daniel say? He said, all those who are dead, all those who are dead rise up again. Resurrection. Resurrection. There are three common denominators to everyone. Irrespective of what you will be in life. The day you were born, which is birth. The second is death. We will all die. We won't come out of this life alive. We will all die. And the thought, which not everybody believes, is resurrection. We will see our loved ones again. We will see them again. But something happened. When all the dead rise now, that dream or that vision which God gave to Daniel, he said, now a book was brought out. They brought out a book and they begin to look into it. The name found in the book, eternal life. If the name is missing, eternal shame and content. So the condition to eternal life is finding your name in that book. But Jesus told us in John 3 verse 16, for God so loved the world, that he gave us his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have what? Eternal life. So God has given us the key. What is required? Only believe in Christ. Don't drift away. I love the prudent peace principle of the accountants very well. They said what? Prepare for all losses possible. And that is why you have accountants 
They will have provisions. Provisions for this, provision for that. Provisions for bad debts, provision for depreciation. My brothers and sisters, why not begin to make provision today? For where you will go after death. Death will come. That is sure. We will all rise again. That is sure. But then, where are you going to head to? Where am I going to head to? During communion, Pastor Ian said something. Salvation is an individual decision. It is your individual decision. Jesus has paid it all. God has given us everything we need. But the decision is yours, is mine. The decision as to how you want to end it is yours and it is mine. No one can take that decision for you. It is not about coming to church. It is about your belief. And if you are here in the building or watching me from wherever and you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I plead with you. Please, take that decision today. Death is real. Resurrection is real. Where will you end it? And one thing about this Daniel that got me thinking was the last verse in that book of Daniel. And it says, Daniel, in the book of Daniel chapter 12, the last verse, it says, and as for you, which means referring to Daniel, go on with your life. You will die. And then when you rise, you will inherit the allocated inheritance. So Daniel was assessed in that vision. And says, go on. You have an allocated inheritance waiting for you. So if we change it and say, as for you, Jide me, go on with your life. What will be the end? Allocated inheritance or that got me thinking. If you were to be assessed now as a pastor, as a deacon, as a Christian, 
Would the last clause be there? Will the last clause be there? Is an allocated inheritance awaiting you? Is it awaiting me? After all the labor here on earth, and to miss eternal life, it's not worth it. It's, it's, it's a terrible thing. It's a terrible thing. And Philippians 2 says, my brethren, walk out your salvation with fear and trembling. In conclusion, we need to be wise. Pastor Ian mentioned something last week. Who is a wise person? The person that tries to build on Devon Cliff? From what he said, it rose into the sea, and that's the end. Build your faith. On Christ. Be rooted in Christ. Be rooted in the Word of God. If I spend just one hour a day with my wife, I'm sure she will not be happy. And if it continues, I'm sure very soon we will head for the court. But do you know that hardly do we spend one hour a day with, the, with God that we say we love? And one hour a day is only 4% of our time. 4% of our time. Do we spend one hour a day in the scriptures, in prayer? This also includes me. It's talking to me. Do I spend one hour a day? And I always say I love God. So how would I be rooted in God when I'm a bit far away from Him? You need to stay connected. If a place starts from its origin until it gets to its destination, that place must always be in connection with the air traffic controllers. If it does not, then you will hear the news. It's always, more often than not, disaster. So if you do not stay connected with your God, if you drift away, Pray let it not be a disaster. Come back home. Come back home. This book of Daniel has challenged me. And I'm sure it has challenged you too. Be wise.
And who is the wise person? The person who hears, the scripture says, do not be hearers of the word alone, but be ye what? Doers. And for me as a preacher, do not be the preacher alone, but let the word have impact in my life. That is the challenge, church. That is the challenge. So I go back to how we started. Are you rooted? Are you rooted in God? In prayer? In the word of God? How deep is your root? Have you drifted away? This is the time to come back home. Come back home, brother. Come back home, sister. And if you want to know about this God, perhaps you have even never accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior. If you want to know about this God, grab Pastor here. Pastor Vicky is there. Grab Pastor John. Grab any of the leaders. Do not leave this all without taking that vital decision. We're going to take our last in now. And I don't want you to sing the first two verses. Just let's go through. Just let's go through. The words, the lyrics, what is it saying to us? And I want us to join to sing together from verse 3. Yes. But we never can prove the delights of his love until all on the altar we lay. What he says we will do. And where he sends, we will go. Only for us to trust and obey. Pastor Ian, please. And so we close in prayer. And we ask the question, Lord, what did you say to us through your word today? Lord, that we may persevere to hold tight to that which you have given to us. And Lord, we pray we will have a new relationship with you, with you taking hold of our lives. Forgive us for our past, Lord. And may we live the future for you. Take hold of us. Take hold of us. And so, Lord, may we go out different from the way we came in.
knowing that Christ is now in charge of our lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. And may the blessing of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with each one of us this day and forevermore. Amen. If you want to, thank you very much for being with us this morning. If you want prayer after the service, somebody to pray with you, maybe you come with a burden. Just come towards the front. I'm just asking for Sade, Jitty, one or two of the leaders, just to be available, just to pray with people at the front. If you're able to help with the um, Jubilee thing, please go and see JJ. Also see JJ if you want to have um, uh, anything about membership and that sort of thing. Tea and coffee is served. Lovely to see you. God bless.